Growing up, my family took quite a few road trips. Prior to the age of the iPod, the iPhone, and the Nintendo Switch, there weren't quite as many options to keep me entertained in the backseat of the car. But I had my action figures, my comic books, and my baseball cards to keep me occupied. Before my parents got a minivan, a design that is conceived directly from the mind of God, my sister and I sat in the back seat of the car, a Pontiac 6000 LE. We drew an imaginary line in the middle of the back seat, and we committed not to cross that line. I must, I must confess that I took that commitment sort of lightly. Well, when my sister got sick of me, I would lean up and put my head in between the two front seats of the car, and I would read to my parents. Isn't that sweet? What did I read, you ask? Well, I read all of the highly engaging statistics on the back of my baseball cards. I thought my parents were as interested as I was in Nolan Ryan's 1987 season in which he struck out 270 batters, but he only had eight wins compared to 16 losses. How do you explain that? Well, I didn't fully comprehend it at the time, but I realized that I wasn't the best road trip companion. Typically on road trips, the kids annoy the parents by asking the repeated question, are we there yet? In my case, I can imagine my parents quietly asking themselves the same question. It's about the journey, not the destination. You've probably heard that a thousand times. It's a little or a lot cliche, but there's a lot of truth in that statement. Of course, you want to get to where you're going, but when your focus is only on getting there, wherever there is, you forget to enjoy the journey and the people who are with you, even if those people might be a little bit difficult at times. Well, today we continue our Easter series called The Heart of the Matter. For Christians, Easter is more than just a day. It's a season. It's a way of life. And we believe that death does not have the final word. And this is why Christians are sometimes called Easter people. At the heart of our story today, we'll discover how we are connected through the Spirit who makes us one in love. And we'll work to recognize that we are stronger when we remember our story and take notice of those traveling with us on our journey of faith. The text we'll look at comes from the gospel according to Luke in the final chapter of that book. And this particular story is unique to Luke's gospel. And it occurs right after Jesus' female followers discovered that he was alive. When they told Jesus' male disciples, they didn't believe them. So the disciple Peter ran to the tomb and discovered what they said was true. Our story picks up with two other downtrodden followers of Jesus headed on a journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus after hearing the news that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. Let's take a look. This is Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Why didn't these followers of Jesus recognize him on the road? Did Jesus get a makeover? Well, he did die. That might explain a little bit. Or were these followers of Jesus so consumed with their sadness and their grief that they couldn't see 
what or who was right in front of them. The text says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Jesus died a horrible death, a capital punishment at the hands of the Roman Empire with an influential push from a few religious leaders. It was a gory and traumatizing death that sent shockwaves through Jerusalem. Not every accused criminal was crucified. It was reserved for those who were threatened, uh, who threatened the Roman Empire's control over their colonies. Can you imagine the disappointment that these followers of Jesus must have felt? They were sick of living under the control of a colonizing empire that took advantage of and exploited its citizens. They wanted freedom from the oppression that they were living under, and they put their hope in Jesus to lead that desired revolution. These followers of Jesus were returning home because they'd heard some confusing news about Jesus not being dead anymore. They didn't know what was going on. And on their road home, you can imagine them asking the question, are we there yet? Let's look at verse 18. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? Picture Cleopas giving the unrecognized Jesus some serious side eye. And when Jesus has the nerve to ask the question, what things? Is Jesus just messing with them or is he acting as a therapist, letting them spill their guts and let out all of the grief and the disappointment that they're carrying? I think that's more likely. You wonder if these two followers of Jesus were getting irritated with their new travel partner. And maybe they were asking the question, are we there yet? In the following part of the narrative, Cleopas and the other traveler tell the unrecognized Jesus everything that had happened about their disappointments, how Jesus was no longer in the tomb. They told him the whole story. And on this seven-mile journey, Jesus reminds them of the big story of God's redemption throughout their scriptures and their history. And he reinterprets that story to show them that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah, the one who came to deliver. Cleopas and the other traveler still didn't recognize Jesus as they approached their destination. So Jesus went on ahead of them on the road, but they invited him to stay with them. Let's look at verse 29. So he, Jesus, went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Did Jesus' actions at the table sound familiar? This is what he did at the Last Supper with his disciples. Here in this house, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. In this shared meal, in that moment of communion, these followers of Jesus recognized him. It's so cool how Luke's story moves these travelers from isolation to community, from detachment and disappointment to shared worship. Sometimes the community believes and worships for us when we can't believe and worship for ourselves. When we gather together to worship, even when it's virtual, 
We sing the songs. We pass the peace of Christ to one another. We hear the stories. We pray the prayers. We receive the elements of communion, which we'll do together next week. And they remind us that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We are a part of a bigger story. You haven't reached the end of your story. You haven't reached the final destination, but you are in the story and you are on the road. Our text says that Jesus vanished from their sight after their shared meal. Throughout Luke's gospel and the following book that he wrote, The Acts of the Apostles, we come to understand that Jesus' physical absence is not absence because the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes and dwells in the disciples and in these followers of Jesus and is their constant companion, advocate, and source of power to embody the peace and the unconditional love of Jesus. It's so tempting to focus on the question, are we there yet? The whole world is asking this question in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. We just want to get to the other side of this. We just want to go back to normal. But when things go back to normal, what are we pursuing? We'll still be tempted to ask the question, are we there yet? We wonder if the right college, the right job, the right promotion, the right partner, the right number of children, the right house, the right neighborhood, the right amount of leisure, or the right amount of money will help us find what we are truly looking for in this life. It's okay to ask these questions and to seek answers to those questions. Yet the longer we travel on this road, the more we realize that the right this or the right that doesn't give us what we're truly looking for. Unconditional love and peace. Jesus gives us both. In last week's sermon, we were reminded that Jesus is with us in the midst of our fears and our suffering. He's in the room with us and he's offering peace. And not only for us, but to give it away as well. On the road we travel, whether we recognize him or not, Jesus is walking with us. Whenever we've sensed peace or joy or unconditional love, that's the spirit of Jesus walking with us. We ask the question, are we there yet? And Jesus says, I am here with you. And everything that you crave there, at whatever destination you seek, you will find here in me. My presence can be found in the spirit whom I have sent to be your constant companion. My presence can be found in the community that gathers to celebrate and remember me. I am on the road with you. I am here. You are never alone. Amen.